0: Super fired up today to do part two with my good friend, Miss Kieran Brown. We've got a great show for you guys today, primarily around her morning and evening routines. We talk a lot about biohacking, how to upgrade to peak performance, the things that we can do in this crazy, chaotic, busy, stressful, insane world that we live in when we still have to hit those higher levels of peak performance. People are relying on you out there. You are relying on you. And so we have to find ways to rock it every day. Most of you guys out there listening in, based on the demographics of my listening audience worldwide, are in highly active roles, both personally and professionally. And look, guys, let's face it. You can't wing this. If you don't do everything you can to reach higher levels of peak performance, it's not going to happen automatically. That's why I love episodes like this. Karen keeps it super simple, which I really like. But I'm pretty analytical, and I like doing a deeper dive on some of this stuff. So if you want a much more in-depth regimen and routine rundown to how I set up my morning and evening routines, go check out episode number 173 and 174. Those are my morning and evening biohacking routines. It's going to give you a much more comprehensive, longer list of the things that I do. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, please shoot my team an email to info at success101podcast.com. Or you can catch me in the world of social media on Facebook, on the Success 101 Facebook community page, on Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast, or on Twitter under the name at Warren Jared. This message is brought to you today by Ample. It is such a cornerstone for my peak performance personally, and you guys know I don't endorse anything that hasn't moved the needle for me. I wanted to take a second this morning and really break down Ample. I know I mentioned the nutritional aspects of this incredible meal in a bottle constantly, but I really want to do a deep dive on this so you can understand how nutrient-dense this incredible product is. They've got healthy fats that are sufficient to fuel your brain and body at a cellular level. And these are ingredients from all around the world, super high quality. There's coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, chia seed oil, and sunflower lecithin. Sunflower lecithin as you may have heard in my episode with Anne Louise Gettleman, is essential for neurotransmitter production. That's why I say this thing really hits you at the brain and the body level. There's high-quality protein sources in this, guys. Grass-fed whey protein, grass-fed collagen protein, essential building blocks for the nutrition and energy you guys need to rock it every day. There's limited carbohydrates, but the ones that they've sourced have a low glycemic impact. Organic sweet potato starch and tapioca starch. I mean, just what I've read off already, are you going to go try to source all of these for your morning smoothie every day? I don't think so. Plus, you'd have to chop and blend and clean, and I know you don't want to do that. There's fiber and prebiotics. There's organic banana-resistant starch. There's organic Jerusalem artichoke. There's probiotics that have a bunch of names I can't even pronounce. There's plant-based micronutrients, which we don't get enough of. There's organic chlorella. There's organic wheatgrass. Organic barley grass, organic cocoa. Ample and Connor Young have set out on a mission to turn the meal replacement industry on its head. I know what you're thinking. Oh, another meal replacement drink. For those who have gone and checked it out, some of my highest performers out there listening to this podcast, they have been blown away just like I have. So I've partnered with Ample for you to get 15% off of your order of a 400 or 600 calorie shake. All you have to do is head to success101podcast.com forward Ample. That's A M P L E. And at checkout, don't forget to put Success 101 in the promo code. Again, success101podcast.com forward slash ample, A-M-P-L-E, and enter Success 101 at the checkout or promo code. Very important you do that so you get your 15% off and they know we sent you over there. I'll also mention very quickly Blue Apron, my favorite meal delivery kit. Ton of fun making your own meals, step-by-step ingredients with pictures. I mean, my four-year-old could make a gourmet meal out of these things. They make it so easy. Super fresh, super sourced ingredients. We've got a couple of offers listed for you guys over there to try this thing out, and I know you're going to love it. Their culinary team selects week-by-week menu options that change based on seasons and based on your preferences. They've even got a two-person meal, a family meal, or even a wine service. Six chosen bottles that you get to pick based on some of the food that you're ordering or just wine bottles on their own. What other meal delivery kit does that? Head to success101podcast.com forward slash Blue Apron to see the offers we have going over there and get on board with this awesome Netflix of meal delivery services. I had a lot of orders come in this week for my book, primarily because we're still offering it for just the shipping cost here in the United States. From Success to Significance, the Vision Building Strategy Manual. If 2018 isn't going yet exactly how you thought it would, don't beat yourself up over it. Shift, do something different. Doing the same thing that got you to where you are now is not going to work. I created this as a workbook for you to walk through. And the reviews have been awesome by people, some even much older than me, that have said, I have gone my whole life thinking about goals and vision a certain way. And the exercises you had me walk through in this book, Jared, have totally changed how I go about goal setting, vision planning. Don't let another day pass by in 2018. In this year, on a high note, head to success101podcast.com forward slash book and at the checkout. If you're in the United States, you can grab the paperback version for just the shipping cost by entering Success 101. If you're outside of the United States, snag the ebook reader and you will get an instant download for that as well. And if you want to check out the four modules I have over on my coaching programs, it is over on the coaching tab of the same website. And it's been so much fun meeting new people all over the world, diving deep, helping them accomplish everything that they're wanting to do, both personally and professionally. As I mentioned, Karen is back for part number two. So let's not wait a second more to kick this thing off. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going. The Success 101 Podcast welcome to the success 101 podcast this is your host jared warren and each episode my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential thanks for joining me here today now let's kick things off Karen, welcome back. So fired up to have you back for part number two here on the Success 101 podcast. How are things going with you today?
1: Oh, I am revved up to be with you and your listeners again, Jared. Thanks for having me back.
0: So many of my episodes go into primarily how the brain and body work toward peak performance, but then also what we are doing to construct or strategize our routines toward that same peak performance. Because let's face it, in our crazy world today that we're in, and as many distractions as we have, as many thoughts and feelings as we get drugged into that may or may not be real, we allow those things to sabotage our performance. And so when we have a well-constructed routine, and I'm a firm believer of both the evening and morning routine, they both have to be really strong to carry you through the day. When we have that, our chances of peak performance are so much greater. So I really look forward to diving into that with you today.
1: First of all, you know, my studies and what I do for a living every day and, you know, what I really love, which is being an unconscious mind expert in the field of leadership and professional performance. And again, I'm a student of human behavior. So I really practice what I preach in my everyday life, uh, as you're going to find out as I take us through it. Also, it may surprise listeners to know that I keep a really simple routine. I've learned over time. I mean, I've been in this ultra endurance world, now for eight years. And I really learned over that period of time by testing on myself and my system, what works best for me. And honestly, low tech, natural, and just keeping it simple. Because remember, the unconscious mind is a very simplistic and powerful machine. So I keep it simple And I just fuel the machine, both my body and my mind.
0: Karen, let me stop you for a second here because I'm feeling both sides of the coin here because I am a very structured person when it comes to what I know and what I have found works for me. And I promote that heavily. You've got to find what works for you. I've also learned about myself, surprisingly, as I get older, that I don't like being in a rut or a boring, mundane, fill in the blank, whatever you want to say there. How do you live out your life to where you're doing that on so many points of your life, you're trying to get to peak performance and don't feel like, ah, oh, I'm doing this again. This is mundane. This is what I do. Here I go to the grocery store again. Here I go doing this and that. Like what keeps you fueled to stay that track, the same old, same old, so to speak?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And the way I do that is I challenge myself to do each thing in maybe a new way. Uh, like recently I've taken up gardening and, uh, you know, I'll just be totally real with you and your listeners right now. I had a brown thumb up until maybe four weeks ago when I got a wild hair to put in an organic vegetable garden in my backyard. There's wasted space back there, not doing anything with it. I really like, uh, tasty, clean, organic vegetables. So why don't I just put that in? And I mean, this wasn't like an easy task. I had to move a bunch of rock around. You know, I had to like figure out like actually what's involved with putting in an organic vegetable garden. And that's a really good example of how I'll just find something new, either find something new or a new way of doing something that I've done over and over, like running a trail backwards or, you know, diving into something in business that I really know nothing about. Maybe I've even been you know, a little bit hesitant about it, but, you know, I'll be like, well, you know, that's knocking on my door for a reason. Maybe I should just jump headlong into that and see where it takes me. That always helps, you know, challenge that just monotony of routine, routine, routine.
0: That's great. So I guess on the staple things that you have found primarily in the world of peak performance, which you and I both love and talked about a lot last time. Those staples that help you thrive every day are the ones that you are sticking to, whatever comes in your way, but then branching off, like you said, doing the more fulfilling things, the things that you haven't done before, such as gardening, the types of running, those sort I, I mean, I love that idea of just let's stick to what matters the most and what really moves the needle. And it may seem boring and mundane to some people, but it's what works for you, but then sprinkle in those new things to really shake it up in there to keep things going.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I look at it like this, like those, you know, must haves are my structure, you know, the structure that everything else kind of fits within my routine, if you will. And I keep the structure. And then if there's something new that I want to do, you know, I just find a place within the structure to do it. Or, you know, maybe I'll be working on something that I've done for a long time, and then want to make it new in a certain way or expand it more. Again, I just go back to the structure. Okay, how am I going to fit that in? Where's that going to go? What does that look like? Okay, boom, then I implement it.
0: I would love to just dive into the routine part. And I know routines change. And even though we're talking about keeping some of those things very structured, you may have to even change those from time to time as we get different ages, different seasons of life, different interest different things change you'll find that new things work for you i'm sure you've seen that 90 percent of a great morning starts actually in the pm let's face it we can have the greatest intentions in the world of getting up early working out saying our affirmations visualization whatever it is but if we get sucked into youtube videos at night or screens in the face you name it, whatever. We didn't take care of our body that day and we had a ton of stress and we had a ton of mind stuff going on and we just can't sleep. We are not going to have a productive morning routine. So I'm a firm believer that really the PM is actually more important than the AM. So let's kick it off there if you don't mind. I would love to know, and let's start all the way back maybe to where you, I don't know if you have a point each day where you end velocity leadership, where you end what you're doing and start going, okay, now is... My time now's now Karen time, now's my wind down time. I'm kind of done with the day, I'm letting that go. Walk us through that all the way through your night, and then we'll pick up at some point on the morning and what you do from there.
1: Here's how my evening goes, and yes, I always have a, st- a hard stop at velocity at three or four in the afternoon. Now, I know that may sound early, and this will make sense when we come back around to the morning, but I'm highly productive in the hours that I'm working and not distracted. so. And here's the thing. I like to eat dinner at four o'clock. Wow. I-, I swear, I I sound like a Seinfeld episode.
0: I'm just thinking the older, like, Luby's crowd.
1: That's what I think of too. But here's the deal. What I learned very early on in my Ironman pursuit and training was that, you know, if I need to get up early in the morning, which I'm always most energetic in the morning, like that's when I do my best work, my best thinking, all of the magic happens. So if that's the case, I've got to set everything else up to be successful at that time. So that means starting the night before. That means I've got to go to bed about 8.30 at night and I've got to wind down before I go to bed. So before I go to bed at 8.30, I like to watch a movie. And it can be any movie. I have a huge library. Uh, One of my first jobs, professional jobs, was in a movie theater. I was a movie theater usher. So I have this great love of movies. And so I can just put in any movie And just watch it for about 60 to 90 minutes. That's what helps me decompress, like start to turn off my brain. And, you know, I don't tend to look at my phone during that time. I just like, that is my quiet time to watch the movie and just like immerse myself into the story. Before that, uh, I like to do something outside. Right now it's gardening, Uh, sometimes it's walking my dog, you know, for like a really long walk after I've eaten dinner. Sometimes it's washing the car. Just do something that is completely different. It's sort of like getting out of my head and doing some manual labor, weed pulling, just something like that that gets me out of work mode and into doing something completely different. So I'm using my brain in a different way. So
0: it'd be around five or 6 p.m. Right. If I'm tracking with you there.
1: Yep. So I stop work at three or four in the afternoon. I might have a professional appointment like for the chiropractor or the physical therapist or a massage or something like that, because it also takes that on a consistent basis to keep you know, the body just performing at a top level. I also learned that was one of the secrets that nobody talks about in ultra performance sports that you need those on an ongoing basis and nobody says anything about it.
0: Well, here's the deal that I found from doing the podcast is people who are super high performers, people in MMA, jujitsu, ultramarathon, for the most part, I can't say for everybody, people in that world are very vocal about especially chiropractors. You talk to people that aren't in those worlds and they think it's the biggest sham, they think think it's a hoax, they think it's, oh, they're going to mess me up. And so I found that very interesting now that you mentioned that, people that are performing at superman and superwoman levels out there doing different things, they have been very, very vocal about chiropractic, especially helping them and just saying this is the deal and people need to tap more into this. And apparently you agree with that as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I'll even take that one step further. And something else that I discovered is called core align, C O R E dash. A L I G N, Coraline. Usually Pilates studios will have this apparatus. Basically, what it does is you're, you're seen by a sort of a physical therapy professional that walks you through a series of exercises that are all different. I mean, n- no two appointments are ever the same, but they can really quickly size me up and figure out where my imbalances are. From one side of my body to the other. And it always involves using my core. And I mean, it is a good workout, but it's not like, you know, going for a long run or something like that. It's usually just 45 minutes to an hour. And this is an appointment that I might have at four o'clock in the afternoon, because it's a great time for it. It really takes care of, you know, like balancing the body and fixing those strength imbalances. Ben Greenfield talks about this a little bit in a couple of his podcasts, and I know you mentioned him as a resource on your site. So oh, yeah, honestly, it has kept me injury free along with the other things that I do.
0: I've not heard him talk about that, but I just posted yesterday an article, very in-depth article by Ben that he put out about how he sets up his home office environment. A lot of it has to do with posture and stretching and even the chairs and pivot stools and saddle chairs and things like that that he sits on. I follow so much of what he does. I've not heard him talk about that core line. I'm definitely going to look into that and figure out here in Dallas if there's somewhere close by that I can find somewhere that has that. But as far as the chiropractic, again, it sounds like you're not wary or leery of them or hey, they're going to screw me up. I mean, you're sounds like you're a, a candidate that's like, "Hey, I'm endorsing this heavily."
1: Oh, absolutely. Even before I was in the ultra endurance world, you know, when I was a gym rat, you know, just working out 5 days a week on the elliptical, that kind of thing, chiropractic was still very, very helpful to me. I'm a wholehearted believer in it and it's had great results for me.
0: As an entrepreneur who works at Velocity Leadership and running that and the people that you're working with and coaching and things like that, I mean, there's always that pull. And I say this too about things I'm doing for the podcast or even my financial planning advisory firm. When it comes to promotion or marketing, or hey, I've got to get my name out there. I've got to attract clients. I've got to help those clients, but they need to know who I am. I've got to get my name out there more work typically creates more work I mean there's a lot of jobs out there that the more work you do you knock off your to-do list right and our businesses as entrepreneurs you create more work the more work you do how do you cut down the anxiety or stress or that oh I've got to stick with this longer I thought I would leave by three or four today like I normally do but ah, I just got I've got a lot to do it sounds like you're pretty hardcore about cutting it off right at the right time I know some of our I know a lot of our listeners really struggle with that to want to quit earlier. And go to the gym or go have self-time and they just feel like they're just tied to what they're doing and they can't let it go. What are you doing to release that?
1: Great question. I learned a long time ago that when I went with that feeling and, you know, just kept going, oh well, I can just work a little bit longer and knock this out, you know, and then I'll be done for the day. It, you know, that just keeps elongating. Things never got better for me. I always just ended up feeling burned out. And you know, then that led to a feeling of resentment about my work. I thought, wait a minute, I love doing this work. I, I don't want to feel resentful about it. So that's when I thought, okay, and this is what I do a lot. If something isn't going the way that I would like, I examine my thoughts and my system or my approach about it. And so that's what I did in that instance. You know, looked at it and said, all right, first of all, the system is not working for me. I need to reemploy a hard stop and you know, when I'm tempted and and think of, you know, one or two things that, oh, I should probably just do this now. I find a place in the next day or the next day after that, or I shift some things around so that it can go in the next day or the next day after that. And I just say to myself, you know what, tomorrow is another day. The whole world is going to still be here tomorrow. And, you know, this one or this one thing is not going to make or break everything today. It really, you know, in the grand scheme of things and to achieve my overall goals, which are all long-term, this is not going to matter. So shut it down. And it, it always leads then to better things. It always has a better outcome. I feel better. My thoughts are better and stronger. And then everything flows better.
0: I think for most people, Karen, who end up getting caught up in that rat race, a lot of that really, honestly, goes back to your time management during the day. Not always, but many times goes back to your time management during the day. You didn't make the most of your day. I mean, you said it earlier in the podcast. You said, I'm very efficient during the time that I'm there, but then you shut down around three or four. I think that's so crucial just to understand like this one thing or two things really won't make or break the day. And they get to the end of the day and go, well, crud, I can't leave now. And I'm kind of tied here. What are you doing in between the movie time, time going to bed? Is it a, you know, for some people it's a long hot bath, for some people it's a cold bath, for some people it's a long shower, anything like that that you're doing just to really help you wind down other than watching the movie?
1: As soon as I start feeling sleepy, I try not to fight it. You know, I might make sure that the thermostat is, you know, set low and, uh, you know, I'm really a fan of that. That really works for me. Pretty darn simple. I can't even, like, I'm not a person who can read at night either. I do my reading in the morning. No, reading wakes my brain up. It does not relax it. So the movie just really works for me. Um, and like I said, doing something outside before then. And that that all is kind of like a, a funnel, you know, that just winds me right down into being sleepy.
0: You and I are so different. And that's why I love this, because as I said, in the beginning of the show, you've got to find what works for you. You may be the first guest I've ever had on here talking about a night routine that talks about watching a movie at night to wind down. And reading keeps you awake. I mean, I know for me, I've put the uh, the red glow, the special bulb that I went and bought to where it kind of drives my wife a little bit crazy, but I turn on my lamp at night and it's just like blood vampire red all through the room. But I'll get out a book at night and I'll read with that red light on. And that's the movie that you're talking about for me. I, I literally will be there 10, 15 minutes, especially on my back because I think position's important as well. And man, I'm I, I'm I'm just, I wake myself up half the time. So very interesting to hear your take on that. Are you doing anything supplement wise on certain nights that maybe you've had a late dinner, or you've you've gotten out of this routine of having dinner at four, or you're doing an event for the business or anything like that, where you're like, man, I am I'm way out of my routine here, and my body's feeling it. I'm wide awake. I'm 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 on alert. It's eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever. I need to do something to start winding my body down. Are you doing anything supplement wise?
1: No. You bring up a good point though, because if I have more than a glass of wine. Uh, you know, maybe at dinner or at an event, I'm not going to sleep that well. It will be broken sleep and I I just go into it knowing that that's going to be the case. Now, because again, I, I come at this that, you know, that my unconscious mind is really driving everything. So I just tune into that. And one of my pre-sleep rituals is to actually, you know, go over my gratitude for the day, you know, uh, just exhaustive thinking about every single thing that I was grateful for that day, then I will actually visualize soundly sleeping, you know, so what that looks and feels and sounds like. And that usually causes me to drift off, but I don't do any, you know, oral supplements or anything like that to help it.
0: I've recently in the last year started using 5-HTP, which is not, your body doesn't produce that naturally, so you don't get a habit for it. Basically, it's been helpful on nights where I will have that later dinner or I'll be undisciplined and I'll have that glass of wine or I'll do whatever. And I totally agree with you. Uh, my good friend, Craig Ballantyne, in fact, came on my podcast and said uh, something that I'll never forget, which is you shouldn't have any alcohol up to three hours before you go to sleep because it takes, you know, it's got a half life just like coffee does. It takes that long to get out of your system. So if you're having alcohol an hour, you know, some people try to have wine on the couch while they're watching something and then just go straight to bed. And you may fall asleep. I've had clients tell me that before. Oh, I, I don't really have a lot of trouble falling asleep. I'm like, yeah, but how restful is that? And so it's good to hear that you're abiding by that. But I think the less we can do, the better. Yeah. Gratitude. There's so much scientific research out there. So you you do your gratitude in the evening. Some people do it in the morning. Why do you feel like doing it in the evening is helpful for you? Why have you built it in that way?
1: I actually do it both morning and evening. It just it really kind of bumpers my entire day. You know, that's the way I start and that's the way I end. I develop that habit. When I started training for Ironman and, you know, I think part of it was just being grateful that I lived through the day, you know, that I lived through the training for that day. I survived another one. I think it just really sets my mind right. You know, it's the right tone. I also can do something at that time um, that is a forgiveness technique uh, that's really helpful. Like if if I've had a situation that day um, where, you know, somebody didn't do right by me or I didn't do right by them or something like that. I can do this forgiveness technique really quickly while I'm winding down and it it just, it helps me let it go and, you know, just like formally forgive them or even forgive myself if that's what it requires. That's also really restful. You know, that's a great way to drift off and it's, it's a form of meditation uh, but I learned that you know, along the way in my study and research and certification in NLP and unconscious mind. So that, that's a really helpful thing for me too.
0: I love that. So we've gotten up to the point where you're falling asleep. How many hours per night do you typically aim to get? I know it's not always perfect.
1: My aim is eight to nine hours. And depending on what I'm training for, like if, if I'm training using an elevation tent, which I am right now, which is another level of training, let me just tell you. Uh, then I'll need more like 9, 10, 11. Yeah, because the elevation tent actually, uh, if, if your listeners aren't familiar or if you're not familiar, um, it's a machine with a, a plastic tent that actually goes around your head and your shoulders that you sleep in and you just dial it um, in to replicate a certain level of elevation. So the next race I'm going to do in two weeks uh, is 25,000 feet of climbing and a pinnacle point of 15,000 feet. So, you know, even though I live in the Mile High City, I, I have had to incrementic- incrementally ratchet that thing up so that I'm at, you know, 15,000 feet by the time I leave Denver for the race. And it, it's taxing. You know, it basically sucks the oxygen out of the tent and forces your kidneys to start making more red blood cells to carry more oxygen to your heart and lungs.
0: I'd mentioned offline in our first episode that I've tried to train with the altitude training mask and things like that just from all the benefits, but you're still not getting, you're not getting the entire night's worth of hours in like you do with an altitude tent.
1: This is through a great company called Hypoxico, H-Y-P-O-X-I-O. And just talk to my buddy, Brian, he's the CEO over there. It, it works really well. But my point about sleep is when you're using an apparatus like that, you need even more sleep because it's just, it's taxing your system at such a high level that, you know, my typical eight to nine hours regular sleep need is multiplied when I sleep in that tent.
0: That's awesome. I think my first introduction I'd mentioned of this altitude sleep tent was whenever I talked to my good friend, Jesse Itzler who wrote the book Living with a Seal about that. And uh, David Goggins, who's a seal, came and lived with him and he was using an oxygen training tent or altitude training tent there. That was my first introduction to that. It's pretty interesting. So I'm definitely going to go check that out because it's something that I want to do. My listeners know that after reading Patrick McKeown's book called The Oxygen Advantage, which if Karen, if you haven't read that book, I totally recommend that to you. It's called The Oxygen Advantage. But for about eight, 16, 18 months now, I've slept every night with surgical paper tape over my mouth. But once you do it for a little while, you realize that your brain immediately starts dropping into this deep state of rest or sleep. So I put the tape over my mouth, earplugs in, night mask on to just make it pitch black dark. And for the last two years, basically, even before I found out about the tape over the mouth, I've gotten like the best sleep. But I'm always interested in new ideas like this name it again just in case listeners didn't catch that they're out driving around or whatever the name of the company
1: hypoxico h y p o x i o and let me just say wow it it sounds like a lot of fun in your bedroom <laughs>
0: <The> <laughs> I, you know my wife. wife's really my, my wife's not into this stuff at all so I, i'm i'm sure i mean she's gotten used to it now so she hears the tape come out and i think she's totally a fan of anything that i do but she's not Doing it, and I'm, I'm sure she thinks I'm nuts from time to time. But no, oxygen advantage—it's it's a fa- fascinating book. Just get it on audiobook if you uh, if you want to get through it quickly. But it's just unbelievable why breathing through your nose is so much better for your entire system. And especially at night, how it drops you into rest, unlike anything that you'll get into to get into deeper levels of sleep.
1: Thank you. I just learned something new. I love it. Yeah.
0: And for new listeners to the podcast, if you haven't seen the episodes with Patrick McEwen, just Google Jared Warren, The Oxygen Advantage. We did a two-part series and it was was great. But um, yeah, definitely check out the Altitude Tent as well. So we've gotten through kind of the evening here. You're waking up in the morning, what time typically do you wake up in the morning and get your day started? 4 to 4.30. Okay, so super early. And are you going straight to the gym or are you doing something before that time to get your brain and body engaged for the day?
1: Oh yeah, I have a whole routine before I'll hit the exercise. So wake up at 4 to 4.30. I do that naturally. You know, I do not use an alarm. If I need to get up at a certain time, unless it is for a race, that is when I will use an alarm. Uh, and, and still, I'll wake up before the alarm. Even in that instance, I use my unconscious mind in the the visualization process when I'm going to sleep. I just you know visualize the time on the clock that I'm going to wake up the next morning, four, four thirty, you know, three thirty sometimes. Or you know, when I was training for a certain race, uh, you know, I had to go to bed at five p.m. and get up at midnight and be on the trail at one because it was a one a.m. start for this race. So I had to get my body used to doing that. I mean, yeah. I mean, and if you're using a black eye mask, it doesn't matter what time you're going to bed. If it's five in the afternoon when it's still light outside or whatever, it does not matter. But if I have my druthers, four to 4.30 and I just wake up naturally.
0: That's great. So you're getting up that early. And then what are you doing as you get into your day? I know that for most of the sleep podcasts that I've done or the morning routines, it's about really having a proactive morning versus a reactive morning. You don't want to just, I mean, most people wake up, they roll over and what do they do? They start checking their phone. They check emails, which typically anything that came in overnight is not super good, but they check emails, they check social media, they check whatever. Super reactive from the moment their eyes open. What are you doing at that point really to get your day started off right?
1: Yeah. So as soon as I wake up and I decide I'm getting up, I go through gratitude again, say everything that I'm, that I'm grateful for. And then I'll set intentions. I will just like visualize what everything in my day is going to be like, starting with my workout. You know, like if I have a long run or a bike ride or a swim or whatever, I'm gonna visualize how that's gonna look, sound and feel, you know, and how the meetings are gonna go and how conversations are gonna go. And, you know, the intention that I have for the outcomes of everything I'm doing that day. And, you know, my, my overall intention that I always set is, you know, just give me the strength and the wisdom to carry out the mission. I mean, that, that's really the bottom line of it all, but I just kind of mentally walk through everything I'm going to be doing that day. And, and, you know, this isn't like looking at my schedule, you know, okay, I've got a meeting at nine and then nine thirty and then ten thirty and 11. I don't do that because I'm not looking at my phone or any other device while I'm doing this. I mean, I have probably looked at my schedule, you know, part of my signing off process at three or four in the afternoon is to look at my schedule for the next day. So I know what's coming, you know, I've made sure that I'm prepared for the next day. And so when I'm doing this in the morning, I already, you know, have an idea of what I'm doing that day so I can mentally walk through it and set my intention on how I want it to go. So I do those two things before my feet hit the floor. Once I get up, I do grab the phone, but I don't look at it right away. I really just carry it into the kitchen where I get my favorite of favorites, which is cold brew coffee. I drink it plain, I drink it straight. I I tell them when I order it at Starbucks, I get the Trenta size and I say, no water, no ice. And they look at me like I'm a freak.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would too. They
1: get this scared look on their face. They go, you really shouldn't drink this all at once. You will die. And I say, it takes me a whole week to drink this. And so I just keep it in the fridge. And I just take that out. I sit down at the kitchen table. And this is when I love to read Like that just nourishes my soul and my brain in the morning. You know, most times I'll go to the library and check out four to five books at a time. Uh, I had a book on an ultra endurance athlete recently named Dean Karnazes. That's a phenomenal book if you want to check that out.
0: I've heard it's a great story. I haven't personally checked it out, but I know the name and I've heard it's a great story.
1: And I'm reading a book by Michael Lewis, who is the uh, author of Moneyball. And this book is called... um, the change agent or something like that. It's about a relationship that changed everything and it's about reality. So
0: uh, here's the I mean, here's the question I have. I, did, I didn't I didn't started thinking about this as you were saying this. I mean, you and I are very much the same. I, I just I can read between the lines. So much of yours is athletics and the leadership and coaching, very similar to what I do each day in the coaching that I do in the office that I run and the financial planning clients I work with and the personal coaching clients. I mean, we are both, as many people tuning into this show, we are both very people that have that itch, right? I mean, we are going after it. You said it earlier in, in the show, you really maximize every mm-hmm. minute of the day. I do the same. What keeps you in the morning? Just as I ask you in the evening, what what allows you to shut down quickly and not feel that itch to have to stay there and work on things you didn't get done? What allows you in the morning to have what I would call just a very peaceful, planned out, slow, intentional morning? You've talked about going and getting coffee, reading working out, gratitude. I mean, what what's keeping, and I'm, I'm mainly asking this for the person that has the itch to open up their eyes, go get in the sink, splash water in their face, get dressed as soon as possible, and just get into their work so that they think, okay, like I used to, as soon as I get into work, the more productive I'll be. The faster I can get there, the more productive I'll be. You're a super productive person and you are slow playing the morning. How do you fight that itch of got to get there, got to start working on stuff, got to start meeting with people, What's that key for you?
1: You know, it's the same key I found at doing the hard stop at three or four in the afternoon. It's the same exact outcome if you tempt yourself into that illusion. You know, if I just start working earlier, I'm going to be more productive. No, I have not found that for myself and countless other people. So what I know is my one thing is exercising in the morning. Like I'm always working toward a goal because it, it doesn't, it's not really helpful for me to just exercise for exercise sake. I mean, I do like that in the off season, you know, otherwise 10 months a year, I have a goal. I'm training for something, um, you know, whether it's a swim across the lake or, you know, a hundred miles, whatever it is, I've got to have a goal. And so I have to execute on that piece of exercise in the morning after I've had my coffee and I've read... You know, I'll also unlimit any limiting beliefs that I might have because I, hey, I take my own medicine, people. I do that too in the morning, just like I advocated for you. But then I've got to go exercise because that does so many things for me. First of all, it clears my head. Uh, I do some great thinking, like the best thoughts pop up while I am exercising. I also get that done, you know, so my body, my mind, my spirit, everything feels good. You know, I feel like I've already done something. And, you know, if I need to blow off any steam, maybe, you know, from the day before, that's a great way to do it. Um, It's a great way to process my thoughts too. Then, you know, because I have to do my workout, I cannot just jump into my workday. That workout has to happen because if I do the opposite, if I jump into my workday, that workout will not happen. And then it's like a house of cards, everything just implodes. I don't think very well on the job. I can't be, you know, high level for clients. And, you know, let's face it, that's what they're paying us for. They want our best. Yeah. And I'm, you know, if I do my workout, I'm gonna be my best for them. Uh, I'm also able to focus better. Like, I think I have, you know, like nervous energy. I think there's a lot of people out there who have that or worse. You know, I think we're in a society like that now with distractions and devices and caffeine and energy drinks and all that stuff. You know, for me, it's helpful to work off that energy, you know, to work off that nervous edge so that then when I I actually do hit my desk, I can really settle down and totally focus on everything I need to get done and focus on it one thing at a time. You know, because shotgun approach never works You know, you're just scattered, fragmented, and you're highly unproductive. But you know, maybe when I'm a little tired after a workout, like I can actually focus, do one thing at a time, you know, focus in on it, finish it, and then move on to the next thing. That serves me at the best, the best level.
0: My big takeaways for you and just some affirmation for you is just with where you are in life right now, super energy, doing things at a higher level than most people, even much younger than you the energy, the gratitude, the intentionality, everything that you're doing is just so awesome. I can't wait to promote more of your book this week on social media. For those of you out there listening to this, go check out my Instagram page, my Facebook page. I'm gonna be promoting her book, which is awesome. I'm about halfway through it right now and I've just totally enjoyed it. It's been awesome. And just thank you so much for your intentionality and sharing with us how to keep a very productive, process, but super simple so that every I mean, there's nobody listening to this that can't get on board with what you're doing. But at the same time, I urge all of you find out what's best for you. And that's what you're going to stick with over time. So thanks so much for your time here again today. I've totally I mean, I've just I've loved it.
1: Oh, thank you. Such a delightful pleasure. Uh, spending time with you and your listeners.
0: So let's steer more people toward that book and toward your website as we did last time. Where can people find you and tune into more of what you're doing to follow you? Go to
1: velocityleadershipconsulting.com forward slash success 101.
0: Just check out what I'm linking up on her. I'm gonna be doing some chapter highlights As I'm going through the book, I've highlighted a lot of things that I'm going to be posting out there. So you guys know where to find me. Go check that out. As I mentioned in the intro and uh, Karen, look forward to seeing your continued success and everything that you're doing. And uh, thanks so much for being a model for all of us.
1: Honored. Very, very honored. Thanks for having me on again, Jared.
0: Wow, I can't get enough of Kieran's message. It was so good having her back for part number two. And if you didn't catch part number one about Unlimiting Your Beliefs, go check out episode number 199, because if you like this one, you're gonna love that one as well. Guys, again, if you'd like to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot my team an email to info at success101podcast.com, and I'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode. See ya.